for 30 plus years. I've seen every type of child grow up. Instead of giving me what I wanted, she gave me what I needed, which was truth. Don't let emotions win. Let truth win. Do your very best, and you should have a lot of fun while you do it. And the better you get at something, the more fun you're going to have at something. You moms and dads are wired with everything you need to be a parent to a great kid. Welcome to Parenting Great Kids. This is episode number 113, and I'm your host, Dr. Meg Meeker. Today, my guest is Ron Deal. Ron's a best-selling author, a licensed marriage and family therapist, a podcaster, and a popular conference speaker. He specializes in both marriage enrichment and step-family education. We're going to be talking with Ron today about his brand new book, Building Love Together in Blended Families, The Five Love Languages and Becoming Step Family Smart. So if you have a step family or know of somebody with a step family, you will love this podcast. Ron is a leading national expert and is the most widely read and viewed author on blended families in the country. He serves as a president of Smart Step Families and is the director of Family Life Blended, a division of Family Life. Ron has extensive experience with television, radio, and online media, and he's been interviewed dozens of times on national and international broadcasts. He and his wife, Nan, have been married since 1986 and have three boys. Their middle son, Connor, died unexpectedly in February of 2009 at the age of 12. In his memory, the Deals have partnered with Touch a Life Foundation to rescue and rehabilitate children in Ghana, West Africa, from trafficking and child exploitation. You can learn more about this at touchalifekids.org. That's touchalifekids.org. As always, I will share my points to ponder for you to start using right away. And please remember, don't just download the episodes, click that subscribe button, because we need you to join my parenting revolution. Every new episode will automatically show up in your subscribed list. We'd love for you to write us a review on iTunes. We're on iTunes, but the PGK podcast is also available in the Google Play Store and on Stitcher. So no matter where you get your podcast, subscribe today so you won't miss a single episode. Parents, I am excited to tell you about a brand new free webinar I have about how to be an effective and calm, yes, calm disciplinarian. If you're tired of yelling, nagging, repeated, and begging your kids to listen, you're going to learn skills in this webinar and the awareness you need to make small tweaks that make a big difference in the lives of your children. We'll cover the foundations of effective discipline and how to know if you're hurting or helping your relationship with your kids. I'll share the one thing that affects your discipline style more than anything else. The three strategies for diffusing difficult parenting situations with your kids and the secret to getting your kids to behave without yelling or pushing them away. You can learn how to discipline consistently without blowing your top. And you can get your kids to listen even without yelling. You can quit yelling, nip those temper tantrums, and be the calming force you really want to be in your family. If you're interested, go to my website, meekerparenting.com, and on the front page, you will see the link 
for the free webinar. Hurry up because I think spots are limited and I'm not sure how long my team's going to keep the training open. So if you're interested, head over there today. So parents, thanks for listening. This is episode number 113. Stay with us. I want you now to listen in on a conversation I had with Ron Deal. I know you're going to enjoy it. Well, Ron, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me on Parenting Great Kids. Oh, thank you, Meg. It's really an honor to be here with you. Thank you. Our hearts are aligned uh, with uh, families and parents. And uh, your book, Building Love Together in Blended Families, The Five Love Languages and Becoming Step Family Smart is fabulous. What prompted you to write about step families and Well, it's a great question. Um, My journey is a professional one. A lot Mm -hmm. of people get into their uh, line of expertise through a personal need. That's not the case with me. I Mm -hmm. started out my career as a youth minister. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I worked with teenagers about five minutes and figured out I didn't know enough about the family. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I needed to know more. So I went to graduate school and got a degree in marriage and family therapy that taught me how to think about families in a lot of different type of contexts, including Mm -hmm. how to think about step families. I found myself doing step family therapy pretty early on. After graduate school, I went right back into local church ministry work where I was dealing with families in a lot of complex situations. And I was constantly trying to figure out how do we enrich? Mm -hmm. How do we grow and prevent problems in families, not just fix them? Mm -hmm. And that led me down this path of who's doing step family education? Who's doing step family ministry specifically in Christian circles? And, you know, back in the early 90s, um, there were like two people in the universe who were even thinking along those lines. Yeah. And, and I found myself just walking down a path trying to help people that I was running into every day of my life. Well, and it's an enormous need. I mean, step families. And I think that helping step families, and it's one which many professionals are uncomfortable with because they don't, uh, there's so much, um, I don't want to say baggage, but the, mm. it, it just feels like the relationship's very complex because there's a history that each parent has with kids coming into this new union that feels kind of in, um, overwhelming, I think, to a lot of parents. You're exactly right. It's overwhelming to both professionals. That's why they don't do this very much. We don't mm-hmm. talk about it very much, and churches don't talk about it at all. And it's overwhelming to the families themselves for the very same reasons. There are layers upon layers upon layers of complexity in blended family living, and that's honestly what destroys the marriage. That's what makes parenting and step-parenting so challenging and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. co-parenting. It's all of those layers of complexity that just kind of blindside people because they just didn't see it coming. Of course, your your book is fabulous and you talk about the love languages. So we can talk about that and then I kind of want to dive into really picking your brain about, you know, what all the step parents listening to us Mm -hmm. can do. Um, You you talk early on in your book about understanding the languages of love. So talk to me about what the languages of love are in step parenting and how those 
differ mm. from non-step parenting? Yeah. Well, first of all, let's just back up. Um, I wrote this book with Dr. Gary Chapman. Of course, he's the author of the original Five Love Languages book, and it's mm-hmm. an international bestseller. It's just amazing what that book has done and the influence it's had. And of all the little spinoff books that Gary has written through the years, um, I came to him one day and said, man, I, you know, I so appreciate and value your work. There's another audience that needs <laughs> an application of this material because they have so many complex layers that the way the material is presented now, it can actually backfire on them. And, and he mm. was open and he said, let's talk about it. And the next thing you know, we're agreeing to do this. So for anybody who may not be familiar with those ideas of the love languages, Gary says there's five words of affirmation, uh, gifts or giving or receiving gifts, physical touch quality time and acts of service. And essentially what he says is, these are not the only way to love. This is simply, we all tend to have a style or a a natural language, just like English is my natural language. It's what I speak. It's what I know. We all have a natural language to how we communicate love and receive it. And when you know someone's love language and you speak it, especially at moments when you really want to make it matter, they hear it. They Mm -hmm. feel it. They experience it. They they are wrapped in your arms, if you will, by whatever it is that you did. So my wife uh, is a quality time person. You know, mm-hmm. if I want to say, honey, I love you, I just create some time. Yeah. And then I turn my phone off. <laughs> yeah. then, I'm there. I'm yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I ignore those little dings and I put it on stun. And mm-hmm. I, you know, all of those little behaviors say to her, I value you, you're worth so much to me, and I love you. Mm-hmm. And and so that's the heart of the idea of the five love languages. Now, when I went to Gary and said, there's this difference for blended families, he said, well, what is that? And I said, well, the five love languages all have one big assumption built into to everything you've written about. And the assumption is this, you assume that the person on the receiving end actually wants you to speak their love language. Mm. What if they don't? What if they're unsure of you? Like they like you, but they really don't know if they love you, right? So that's what is happening on day one in step families. Everybody's figuring out the nature Mm -hmm. of their relationship. They're defining it. There's an ambiguity that is built into blended family relationships. And so Mm -hmm. if my stepchild's love language is physical touch, does Mm -hmm. that mean I just go in for big bear hugs? Mm -mm. Better not. (laughs) So so when you said it can backfire, that's what you're talking about. It can backfire. That's what I'm talking about. You know, I'm convinced, Meg, a lot of what we call wicked stepmothers, they're stepmothers who are just trying too hard. Yeah. They are just coming in with all of their heart. They have great goodwill, a lot of passion, just want to love this kid well. And that is too much, too soon, too fast. Yeah. And it just, and the child's heart kind of goes, whoa, 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 whoa. You're moving into certain places in my heart. I'm the one who decides whether I let you into that place. Mm -hmm. You don't get to just step in. I've already got a mom in that place. I don't want to push her out and pull you in. Like all of that stuff is going on inside the child. And so the stepmother then goes, yeah, but I'm doing everything right. And I'm loving this child and Ron, they're just, they, they don't want me. And so I give up. Yeah. See, that's the difficulty. And we help people understand, Hey, what's going on with this child? Here's how you approach them well. And then here's what you can expect on the other end. Yeah. I think that 
you know, the, the, the word that comes to my mind for both um, kids and step parents, step parenting often means you've been divorced. Mm-hmm. So you're often coming into this relationship with either a child or moving into where there's another child. And a lot of parents, I think, um, feel guilty. Mm -hmm. A, that they're divorced. They feel guilty about the mistakes they made. Kids feel guilty because they don't want to like the new step parent because they feel they're betraying their biological parent. And and then maybe the the spouse, the non-step parent spouse feels guilty because they don't know what they're going to put their their child through it mm. just seems like it's it's kind of a kind of a, a mess of guilt so coming into a, a brand new relationship like that how do you untangle what are some of the deepest issues step parents and kids and and new spouses contend with and how do you untangle them okay one of the deepest issues is loss ah uh, a, when a couple walks down the aisle and gets married and forms a blended family. Here's the story of a lovely lady. You know, we're, we're starting this journey together now. Um, this is not the beginning of the story, Meg. It's the middle of the story. There is something that has preceded the story up until right. this point. And it could be divorce, as you mentioned. It could be the death of a spouse. Mm-hmm. By the way, everything we're talking about here applies whether the children are five years of age, 12 years of age, or 35 years of age. Mm. Adjustments with later life couples who have been widowed and at the age of 70 years uh, old are saying, I want to get married again. They think, boy, my kids are not going to have any problems with this. Yes, they will. They will. Mm -hmm. They have the same emotional adjustment issues as as 15-year-olds have. Um, It just gets played out on an adult level. But what's happening is loss is now meeting some more loss. Now, here's where I got to define that well because – because the differences between being an adult entering into a step family and a child. For adults, there was loss in the past, but this is exciting. This is new. I found new love again. I found a partner, a friend, a companion, someone to share parenting and life with. And they are, they are excited about what's being built. Mm-hmm. Children can also be excited about, about what's being built, but they're also sensitive to what feels like another loss. Let mm-hmm. me explain. Um, dad and I, it was just dad and me during the single parent years. And man, it was hard after mom died, but we made it. And here we are. And now I'm having to share my dad with this woman. She's great. But man, what my real investment is in my dad. Yeah. Now I'm having to lose a piece of him to her. There's mm-hmm. loss in this. After a divorce, one transition, divorce, family is torn apart. Now you have a transition of single parent years and all the roles that shift and kids have to jump in and money's tight and all the things that go along with that, new schools, new church, new community. Now we have another transition into new family, new schools, new community, new stepbrother stepping into my bedroom without asking, stepdad, I don't know, more transition. The research is really clear. For children of divorce, they have a harder time adjusting to a parent's remarriage than they do to their parents' original divorce. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty sobering for a lot of people to realize. So what you end up with, Meg, the net result of this is adults excited, ready to go. Let's do this. Children going, yeah, let me figure this out. I don't know. I'm not quite there. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's one child that just says, no, I'm definitely right. not going. Mm-hmm. So then you have this gap between the, the anticipation of the adult's 
And the children who it feels like they're dragging their feet, they're just trying to figure it out. And now we have conflict over those agendas. Mm -hmm. And that just adds to the stress of the whole circumstance. And at the end of the day, stress makes people want to go back to what's safest and most comfortable. And that's the people and the biological relationships that they came into the family with. It's kind of exhausting to think about, um, but 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 I, I appreciate you're you're doing that. What is um, one of the biggest mistakes that a step parent makes coming hmm. into a new family? Yeah, let me let me give you a quick analogy. Um, just even as those last words were coming out of my mouth, I've been making this parallel the whole time that we've been dealing with the pandemic, and I realize people may be listening to this at a later time and looking back and yeah, we remember, what did we do? We socially distanced to go back to the people and places that were the most comfortable so we could avoid things that were unknown and unfamiliar and scary. Mm -hmm. That is human nature. Mm -hmm. And in a blended family on day one, that dynamic is happening all the time. They're socially distancing. People are going, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know you, step parent. I sort of like you, sort of love some of the things about you, but you're not my dad. And you know what? When we get in distress with one another and I don't know where to put you and you don't know what to do with me, I just want to retreat back into the people and places that are most comfortable for me. Mm-hmm. And so this child goes back into their biological mom, goes mm-hmm. back into their biological dad who lives in another house, mm-hmm. kind of withdraws away from the step parent who the step parent then feels rejected. And here's where we get to that mistake. When you when you ignore the reason somebody is retreating, when you say you know what? You're not going to reject me. You're going to love me whether you like yeah. it or not. Right. It's, it's, yeah. it's funny yeah. when you say it out loud. But that's how they feel. Yeah. Yeah. That's sort of the desperation that step parents bring into it. So back to this thing of no, 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 slow down. Recognize there's this uh, virus going on out there that's making people pull away because they're unsure. It does not mean they're rejecting you, it just mm-hmm. means they're unsure. And so what you have to do is put on some patience and some tact and move in at a pace that the child can receive. This book, what Gary and I wrote about the love languages and blended families is in part just that. How do you take that perfect illustration of loving somebody with their love language, but approaching them in a way that they can receive it? Mm -hmm. You know, so one, one example of that would be, so your stepchild's love language is physical touch. Well, we're going to say that's level three. Bear hugs, level three. That's like you both love each other. You both feel secure and safe in your relationship. You've worked, you've put a lot of work in by the time you get to that. But where you start out is a fist bump. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, exactly. And that's a metaphor for like you and I don't really know each other. Mm-hmm. And so I don't even know what term to call you. We're going to figure that out. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure whether I tuck you into bed at night or whether that's uncomfortable for you. We'll figure that out. The fist bump is what can we tolerate now? Where do we start? And then from here, we'll figure out what the next level is. And when you're ready and when I'm ready, we'll do the side hug thing a little bit. And that's the metaphor of our relationship is growing and deepening and we're learning how to trust one another. That just doesn't happen on day one. Parents, I hope you're enjoying this conversation with Ron. We need to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more of my conversation with Ron Deal. Let's talk about discipline because this comes up a lot. You have 
a passive mom who doesn't want to, you know, ruffle anybody's feathers. Um, kids are a little out of control. They're angry because of the divorce. Um, a lot of animosity between the parents. Mom finds this wonderful, great new guy. She's in love, moves in, and the dad, stepdad, doesn't like how the kids are behaving. And so mm-hmm. he sets the rules day one. Yeah. What's right or wrong with that? Yeah, well, there's a lot wrong with that. Here's the thing. Um, Let's go back to our analogy. If I wanted you to make um, friends with new neighbors down the street and we weren't living in a pandemic and you could actually go and knock on their door, um, what you would do is you would knock on their door and slowly get to know them. Mm-hmm. And it might even take weeks or months for you to get to know a neighbor enough to where they invite you in their living room. And here, I've got, how about a glass of water? And you sit down and you have, have a conversation together. You don't automatically just move right into the living room of their, of their life or their heart. That's something they have to open up to you. Mm-hmm. Authority works in a similar fashion. Children recognize there are many authorities in their world. My wife's a teacher. She teaches five and six-year-olds kindergarten. On day one, they recognize she's in charge. Now, nobody calls her mom. Right. And when they leave the school, she doesn't try to be their mom. She doesn't try to get into their personal business. She, she recognizes there are limits to what she does as an authority in their life. Mm-hmm. She's just one authority. We have camp counselors. We have babysitters. We have coaches on a soccer field or football field that yell and scream at our children. They tell them what to do. Our kids obey them. Isn't that weird when you stop and think about it? But they do because they recognize some measure of authority. But walk off the softball field and you don't tell me what to do at all. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so step parents who come in and acknowledge that they have authority, but there are limitations. Mm-hmm. There's a place for them to step in, but there's a there, there's certain limits, and if they cross that line, everything begins to come unglued. Mm-hmm. That's what's delicate, and that's the approach we want to take. So back to your question: If we have a biological mother, the ideal scenario is biological mom is mom. And when uh, Johnny needs to be told that's not going to happen or no, you're not going to do this or that, mom is the one who's able to lay down that law because she's mom. Mm -hmm. But if she's not really functioning in that space and it's kind of creating this gap and stepdad's like, hey, I'm more than happy to jump in there. If he has the trust and safety and secure attachment with his stepchild at that point, he can do it. But if he's not there yet, He's like a neighbor barging in, starting to bark orders and expect kids to obey. He's like a coach on the softball field who walks off the field and starts trying to be a dad. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Everything backfires. What we've got to do in that situation is we've got to say, hey, mom, we we, we really need you to step up because here's what's going to, you are inadvertently sabotaging your husband's ability to be an authority figure in your children's life. Mm-hmm. And Meg, it's worse than that because what happens is if stepdad's trying to right all the wrongs and step into places he doesn't hasn't really earned the right to be in yet, then what do the kids do? There's a triangle here. Kids go to mom and complain. Mm-hmm. She goes to husband and says, hey, I think you need to back off. He goes, wait a minute. Are you on their side or my side? Mm-hmm. Now we went from a parenting problem to a marriage right. problem in about a nanosecond. Mm-hmm. And this is why step family marriages come apart more than first family marriages. It's Mm -hmm. because everything begins to work against the couple. 
But if mom steps in and goes, wow, you know what? I never really did this well before, but I got to learn how to be a good mom. I need to read Meg's book and put it into action. <laughs> yeah. Then, then not only does her husband have a chance to earn a relationship, build a relationship over time, slowly with her children, and there's peace there, but her marriage has a chance to have peace. And the entire family blending process, if you will, where everybody's trying to figure out how we fit together, can actually move forward as well. A lot of this hangs on the biological parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I've often said that as well. Um, it's just difficult because if, if moms are not used to really stepping into their authority, mm-hmm. um, chaos ensues because the kids are running the show and driving the bus and everybody's sort of standing. I I don't really know what to do. Let's talk about um, how this is so great. I could talk to you for, for five hours because my, you know, I had a set plan. (laughs) I I had a set plan for you where I wanted to go and I'm going to, let's talk about a step parent coming in with biologic children. How does that parent, treat is bio kids mm-hmm. compared to step kids equally and lovingly but there are differences so how does he navigate that yeah well again it's delicate because um i it, there's lots of scenarios where the biological children come to the dad and go gee dad you make me mow the yard um gee i have to clean my room i don't really see you pinning down johnny over there my stepbrother the way you do me. What a parent's going to say in that moment to their child is simply this, you're right. You know, there is a difference here. And I'm trying to figure out that territory and where I can step in. Uh, Your stepmother and I are working on this. We're trying to figure out how we're going to work together as a team. What I do know is that you still need to clean your room and you still need to mow the yard. And I'm working on things improving. But for now, I'm their stepfather. I'm your father. Now, that's confusing to children. There's no way around it, but that's the truth. Mm -hmm. And then what needs to happen behind closed doors is uh, the dad, stepdad in that situation is going to go to his wife and say, look, we really got to get together on this. We got to have similar expectations for the children. And I need to be following through with my kids and you need to be following through with your kids so that there's not this gap in expectation between us. I've had people write to me and say, or, you know, hey, can we have two different standards for the kids in our home. We've, we've had very different parenting styles. No, you can't. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, right. I mean, you can get away with it for a, a few weeks when you get married, but my goodness, it's going gonna, it's gonna to clash fast. And what that does is make step-sibling conflict more likely, and it just spins off in a lot of directions. Mm-hmm. So you do have to be more similar than different. Points to ponder. One, move slowly. You know, one of the biggest mistakes step parents make when blending families is disciplining their stepchildren. This never works because the stepkids have no respect or affection for the step parent. That means that the biologic parent must be the disciplinarian or any other authority in the children's lives in the first several years. When a step parent moves too quickly into the stepchildren's lives and treats them as though he has known them for a long time and has the right to expect certain behaviors from them, he alienates the child. This can feel devastating because the stepchild begins a relationship feeling disengaged and distant. Two, be patient. 
We're not good at being patient, but if you want a good relationship of mutual love and respect with your stepchild, you must give the child time to warm up to you. Most kids don't want to feel that you're trying in any way to become their biological mom or dad or to replace that biological parent, even if the biologic parent is deceased. Ron Deal writes that it takes five to seven years for a solid relationship to build. So roll up your sleeves, take a big deep breath, and be ready to behave very differently with your stepchildren as you do with your biologic kids. Three, figure out what your stepchild's love language is. Does she respond to physical touch, acts of service, words of affirmation, quality of time, or receiving gifts? Once you find it, do your best to utilize these to help her see that you love her. It's also helpful to find your own love language and see that it's different from hers. You may have to work harder at using her love language because it may feel foreign to you. Parents, today I'm not going to be answering any social questions. The reason for this is I'm spending a lot of time answering questions in my PGK Facebook page and in my closed Meeker Parenting community. So if you want more dialogue, you want to ask a question and get it answered, listen to my webinar and it will show you how to join the Meeker Parenting community. I want to thank my guest, Ron Deal, for joining me on the show today. To find out more about Ron, you can go to smartstepfamilies.com. That's smartstepfamilies.com. You can also follow him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for Ron L. Deal in your internet browser. So now let's recap my points to ponder. One, move slowly. Two, be patient. Three, figure out what your stepchild's love language is. And before I sign off, parents, I need to remind you, go to my website, meekerparenting.com, and check out my brand new free webinar on discipline. Whether you're a grandparent, a single parent, a married parent, a young parent, or an old parent, you know that discipline can be really hard. Discipline doesn't have to be about being mean or too strict. Discipline is very different from that. So go there and take a peek at my brand new free webinar. So until next time, parents, always remember that great kids are raised, not born. Hey, this is Bobby, producer of Meg Meeker's Parenting Great Kids podcast. Thanks for listening. And because of your dedication to raising great kids, Dr. Meg's Parenting Revolution has grown to over 3 million downloads. Head on over to Facebook and Twitter and follow at Meg Meeker MD and check out what's new at MegMeeker.com. And while you're there, sign up for the newsletter to stay updated and get information about giveaways. Don't forget to share the podcast with other parents. Subscribe so you won't miss anything and leave us a review so we know how we're doing.